Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. In Jerusalem at the time that Jesus was born, there was an old man named Simeon. Now we assume that he was an old man because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit had assured him he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And why would God through the Holy Spirit promise that to somebody unless they were getting up in years and they were concerned about that? And so the Bible tells us that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, Simeon was no ordinary man. The Bible says he was righteous and devout. So he was careful to follow religious laws and he was upstanding. He had a reputation. People in Jerusalem knew who Simeon was. They respected him. But also that the Holy Spirit was upon him. For whatever reason, God in the days before Jesus chose certain times and people to place his Holy Spirit upon. So it happened to Samson. It happened to Saul for a time. And here at the time Jesus is born, the Holy Spirit is upon Simeon. Isn't it interesting that Simeon was righteous and devout? He kept all the outward signs of being religious, but the real life inside of him was not from those things. It was from God living inside of him in the form of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is available to you today. We'll come back to that in just a bit. At some point, we can assume that Simeon was getting up in years and maybe the aches and pains of aging caused him to wonder, I wonder if I'll die before the Messiah comes. And the Holy Spirit assured him, Simeon, be at peace. You will not die before you see Christ come, the Lord's Messiah. What was that waiting time like for Simeon? How did that put everyday problems into perspective for him? Knowing that whatever happened at some point before he died, he was going to see the Lord's Messiah. And then one day it happened. Simeon woke up and the Holy Spirit prompted him and said, Simeon, get dressed old man, go into the temple because today is the day. We have no reason to believe that Simeon actually knew who he was looking for. Simeon just obeyed God and went. Maybe he thought he would show up at the temple and there'd been a rebellion overnight. Maybe the king had been overthrown and there was a new king and it was the Messiah. He didn't know. He just went. But we also have no reason to believe that the news of Jesus' birth 40 days prior down in Bethlehem, which is about six miles away, made such a splash that everybody in Jerusalem knew about it. And the reason we suspect that's not the case is because in Matthew's account of Jesus' birth, it says that when the Magi came from the east, which would have taken months, maybe even more than a year, and they go to Herod and say, we're looking for the king of the Jews. And Herod says, it's very interesting. <laughs> when you find him, let me know where he is because I want to see the king of the Jews and worship him as well. Of course, he didn't mean that. It was a ploy. He wanted to knock off this threat to his rule and reign. But because of that, it's very unlikely that the night Jesus was born, the news reached Jerusalem. Otherwise, why wouldn't have Herod sent his guards right away to do away with this threat to his kingship? And maybe Simeon had heard through the grapevine, starting with the shepherds, that there'd been angels in the sky and there was this miraculous birth. But don't you think it's more likely that as the shepherds went away and they told everyone what they'd seen and heard, which the Bible says they did do, there were probably a number of people who listened to their story and said, yeah, sure you did. Sure you did, common shepherds. 
Are you guys drinking too much wine out in the field that night? So no, it's pretty likely that Simeon went to the temple and entered the temple courts, which was not an uncommon place for people to be, with no idea of who he was looking for. In fact, there were probably other couples there with 40-day-old babies who were there to perform the purification ritual. So the Holy Spirit speaks to him again. It says, Simeon, uh, you see that couple over there dressed kind of shabbily? They look a little poor. It's them. Maybe even at that point, Simeon thought Joseph was the one. He's going to go introduce himself to Joseph, the Lord's Messiah. Spirit says, no, Simeon, not the grown man. It's the child. Now, can you imagine the trembling upon Simeon as he approaches the the young couple, Mary and Joseph, and he looks at Mary and he, he probably says, may I hold your child? The mother hands over Jesus. Simeon looks into the baby's face and the Bible at that moment says he broke out in praise to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, he said, as you have promised, now you may dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. We don't know what happens after that. We don't know that Simeon died that day or that week, or maybe he lived for a few years, but we know that for the rest of Simeon's days, he was blessed with peace because Simeon knew and believed what God would do, even though he didn't know exactly how God was going to do it. And you see, that's faith. The Bible in second Corinthians chapter five says, we are to live by faith, not by sight. And so all that Simeon knew that day was that he'd held this baby who was going to grow up and be the Messiah. How was he going to grow up and overthrow the King by force, kick out the Romans? Was he going to lead an armed rebellion? Simeon didn't know. There's no indication he knew exactly what was going to happen, except that we see in verse 34 that Simeon blessed Joseph and Mary and the baby. And he said to the mother, Mary, he said, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon says this to Mary in Luke chapter two. You can imagine Mary thinking a sword pierce my soul. Simeon, what what does this mean? Tell me more. Except that from what we know of the character of Mary and the way that she responded to the angel Gabriel, when he said, Mary, uh, you're a virgin, but you're going to give birth to a baby and he's going to be the son of God. Well, at this news from Simeon, Mary probably responded in the same way. Okay, God, don't fully understand what you're saying, but I'll accept it as the truth and we'll take this one day at a time. You know, in the Christian life, sometimes God reveals exactly the plan to you and I. But more commonly, God will give us a picture of the destination without revealing the exact aspects of every step of the journey. And so we read in the New Testament, for instance, in 1 Peter chapter 4, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 
If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear the name. And we read that and we go ordeal. God, what's the ordeal you're going to put me through? insults. Who's going to insult me? Suffer. Lord, in what way am I going to suffer? God says, no, I'm not going to paint that full of the picture for you. I'm just going to give you enough information to ground you, to anchor you. The rest of it, you got to live by faith. Faith is not certainty. Faith is reasonably trusting based on the revelation that we've been given. Let's take another example. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is standing there talking to his disciples and he's telling them one of the great truths of the Christian faith, that Christ will come again. But they start to ask him, Jesus, when will this be? And Jesus says, oh no, no one knows the day or the hour, not even the son, only the father in heaven. But be assured of this disciples, when the son of man comes again, it will be visible. Nobody will be able to deny it. So don't fall for people who try to trick you and say, oh, he's already here undercover. Therefore, live on your guard, be ready for the second coming, but don't be deceived. Or James chapter one, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face hardships of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance has to do its work so that you can become fully mature. You say trials of many kinds. What trials, God? How am I going to be tested? But God says, just trust me and live by faith that you're going to grow through that experience. Let me ask you now, has 2020 been a year when it's been hard for you to live and function in the midst of uncertainty? You say, absolutely. Who wouldn't be in that boat? Well, then all of us need to remember Simeon. Old man Simeon was probably a young boy when Pompey, the great Roman general, sacked Jerusalem. And and, and the setting up of the Jewish client state and, and Simeon would have lived through the reign of Herod the Great. And then near the end, Rome decides we're gonna clamp down on Israel again and we're gonna tax these people. And in order to tax these people, we gotta count these people. And in order to count these people, we've got to take a census. And that's the census that Mary and Joseph were responding to. I think we can agree that at the time Jesus was born, things weren't looking great for Jewish independence and power and even rescue. But in the midst of uncertainty, Simeon chose to believe God and to believe the Holy Spirit, which had revealed to him, Simeon, you will not die until you've seen the Lord's Messiah. And so there he was in the days leading up to the first Christmas, old Simeon at his home in Jerusalem, just waiting for the consolation of Israel. And now let me ask you in 2021, what is it that you're waiting for? If your answer is, I'm just waiting for the pandemic to be over. And we all are. But can I suggest you need to set the bar a little bit higher? See, the pandemic is a circumstance and it will pass. Life will get back to normal. But is that what you really want? You really want just life as normal or has COVID time 
opened up new opportunities for you? Has it taught you new things about yourself and your relationships and, and your relationship to the outside world that you don't want to lose in this time? We don't want to live according to the circumstances that are forced on us from the outside. We want to live intentionally. Now, let me give you a, a more lighthearted example. In my neighborhood, uh, we're about a half mile from the start of an industrial zone. And there's been a company that's been running generators outdoors 24 hours a day. Even in the middle of the night, they're running, running, running. And it sounds like a fleet of semi-trucks just idling in a parking lot. Round the clock, 24 hours a day. I checked in to the city with it. They said, yes, they absolutely have a permit. It goes for 90 days. It expires on January 15th. So guess what I'm looking forward to? One of the things I'm looking forward to in 2021, January 16th. Because on January 16th, it's the return of peace and quiet in my neighborhood. And yet I'll bet you by the middle of February, middle of March, there'll be something else that some neighbor has done or, or something else going on in city. I will have completely forgotten the noise problem and I'll be annoyed about some other circumstance. My wife and I potty trained our kids the middle of November and they're getting it, but they're not quite there and it is so hard for them and it's so hard for us. But you know what? In two or three or four years, it's going to be a blip on the radar screen. We're not going to be thinking about potty training anymore but guaranteed there'll be some new parental issue or crisis that we've got our minds focused on. And so can I challenge you in 2021 to live your life according to intentions rather than options. Don't just wish for all the options to come back. When we live by options and circumstances, then we get shifted back and forth. We get jerked around by events and circumstances. But when we live by intentions, we are grounded in the reality of the commitments that we've made. And I want you to know this morning that God is committed to you and God wants the best for you. That's what Christmas was all about. That God who was in heaven didn't just say, well, heaven's good enough for me. Those people on earth can make of it what they will. God said, I'm coming down. Here I am. I'm entering the world on your terms and I'm going to live a really simple life and I'm going to grow up and I'm going to face all the desires and the wishes and the temptations common to the human condition because I want the best for you. And, and Jesus, the son of God, when he grew up said, you know, the enemy of your soul, the thief only comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it to the full. And if you are hearing this message this morning and, and you feel like life has been off, you've been out of sync, something is wrong and you're not living life to the full. I'd love to talk to you more about that. J just send me an email at freestead at northcoastcalvary.org or email anybody on staff. We would love to talk to you about that. How to realize this wish Jesus has for your life of living life to the full because when we're out of sync, our lives don't work. And when we're in sync, we're in step with God's will. And my best understanding of that concept and the way I can explain it to you is that God wants health and he wants restoration in all of our relationships. Yes, relationships with one another, but also relationships with ourselves, relationships with the outside world and relationship to him. And the relationship with God only happens through Jesus. So Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, Jesus, the Messiah. You and I don't have to wait for that. He's already come. 
and he's sent to us as Jesus has gone back into the heavens, the Holy spirit to live among us. That same Holy spirit that was upon Simeon who spoke to him, guided him, comforted him, reassured him that God was going to deliver on his promises. Yeah. That Holy spirit is now freely and widely available to everyone, to you, to me. And don't let that fact make you think, oh, the Holy Spirit, then it's a cheap commodity. Anybody can have it. It must not be worth much. No, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to humanity. The Holy Spirit is an enabling presence that allows us to be united to God in our lives. And the Bible says it's a seal, like sealed up, sealing in the promise, the promised inheritance that God has for you of eternal life. And the Holy Spirit is the very life of God himself living inside of you. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. We don't have to wait for what Simeon was waiting for. When Jesus went into heaven, he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to ask the father to send another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And what's so interesting about that is the word that's translated advocate in our English Bibles is the same Greek word that's also translated in Luke chapter two, consolation. So get this. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He came, he was Jesus. Then Jesus goes away and he sends another consoler or advocate on our behalf. And that's the Holy Spirit freely available to you. What does this mean? This means that in the midst of a crazy world, you can have peace. This means you don't have to be thrown around by circumstances and events, but you can live intentionally and in tune with God. This means that if you know Jesus, then just like Simeon, your eyes have seen the Lord's salvation. And the question is, what are you going to do with that truth? The question is, as we reach the end of 2020, knowing what you know about what Jesus can do for you, why wouldn't you make the biggest and best decision a human being can ever make? Some of us decide to buy a house or refinance our houses. That's a big decision. And there's a lot of paperwork involved, but this one is bigger. Some of us decide to take new jobs or relocate across the country. That's a big decision, but this one is bigger. Welcoming Christ into your life and putting him in the driver's seat of your life is a huge decision because it opens up for you a new way to live. It's not just having God as part of your life. It's making God the center of your life. It's not just having God on your side. It's having God inside. It's not a commitment to make God a, a part of your life. It's a commitment to make your life part of God's life. And it is available to everyone. And Christmas is a great time to recognize that Jesus came for you. Jesus cares for you and you should accept his gift. You say, how do I accept that? You have to live by faith like Simeon did believing and trusting in God's promises. And the promise in this case goes like this. It takes humbleness and humility to speak to God and say, God, you know, I, I recognize that in my lives, my life, there are things that are broken. There are ways that I am, ways that I relate, ways that I respond to situations that are not ideal. 
And maybe COVID time has revealed things to you about yourself that you look at and go, oh, I don't really like that about myself. This disruption in our character is what the Bible describes as sin. And a holy God cannot tolerate sin. And so what God the Father did is he sent his son down to remove the stain of sin from your soul and my soul so that we could be in right relationship with God. And the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And to believe in Jesus in this context means that you believe God has the power to forgive and remove your sin. Not only that, but God has a love that's big enough to want to do that for you. And that on the cross, he actually did it. Do you believe those things? That God has the power to forgive your sin? That his love is big enough that he wants to forgive your sin? And that on the cross when Jesus died, he did forgive your sin. Because if you believe those things, you have what it takes to have saving faith. And I want to just lead you in a prayer right now that initiates this relationship with God through Christ. Don't tune out of the message right now if you've already prayed that prayer because our special guest is coming up. But bow your head in prayer with me right now. And just say, Lord, I want to confess that there is sin in my life. There are things about who I am and the way I am and my relationship to other people and the world and to you and to myself that are just off. And I confess that brokenness to you today, God. And I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was for me and for all people. But, but I'm speaking to you personally now, God, I believe his death was for me. And so today I want to receive the gift of forgiveness from you, the gift of salvation, the gift of new life. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, that same spirit that brought comfort and guidance to Simeon. I receive your Holy Spirit and I thank you for it. And Lord, I pray that you'd teach me to trust you and to obey you and to live my life by faith and not by sight. Help me, Lord. And I pray this to you with my heart in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer with us, welcome to the family of God. That's not some corny thing that I made up. It's something the Bible actually says that God's family is made up of adopted children. You're one of them now. And our staff would love to talk to you about the decision that you just made and help you grow in the relationship that you've just started. But for those of you watching, you've prayed that prayer before, you are a Christian, and nonetheless, 2020 was a bumpy road for you. And so here's our special guest that I wanted to talk to. It's Joel Parker. He's a good friend of our church, works for our church, but also heads up Nations Media. On most of these recordings, Joel is behind the camera, so you don't see him. But Joel, early in December, you posted something on Facebook that really caught my attention. It was sort of a 2020 year in review, and I don't even think you mentioned the words pandemic one time, but tell us how you lived intentionally this past year. Yeah, well, it wasn't intentionally. Uh, it was reactive, I think, but um, yeah, that post just came from seeing a advertisement on Facebook for an ornament for Christmas. And it was a, a dumpster that said 2020 on it that was on fire. So it's a dumpster fire. And 
I just thought, man, what a sad reality that we're viewing, you know, the past 12 months of our lives as the worst ever. And it's just, I just, I just got to this place where I'm like, well, I'm going to start. I could, yeah, it's obvious. You could think about the things that have been horrible this year, the pandemic, the racial tensions in our country. Um, you know, I had a grandmother who passed away. And so there was definitely difficult situations. Um, and they, we all you know, responded to those differently and they had various degrees of intensity for us. But I just started thinking, listing out the things that, you know, I, that God allowed me to go through this year. And I just, it just started with like, man, more time with family, obviously. What a blessing. I'm never going to have that again in, in my life, you know? And, um, and that's, that's where that came from. I wanted to just, uh, you know, just kind of count my blessings. And uh, a lot of people responded positively to it. Yeah. So nonetheless, you did seize the opportunity that you saw. There had to have been a point where you turned the corner from frustration, maybe anger and said, we're going to seize the opportunity of 2020. Sure. I have a natural disposition to always, you know, I think I'm a seven. I know I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I'm always looking for fun. And so, you know, when COVID hit, I got, well, let's, I'm going to take my son and we're going to go camping in the desert. And, and if we can't go surfing at the beach. And so those just continue to add up for great memories. And I think there's always opportunity, even in the most dire situations for hope. In fact, our media organizations built upon that. It's obvious to go to like when we made the documentary with Iraq, it's, it's obvious to go to Iraq and tell the story of how bad ISIS is, but Pastor Mark and I, we wanted to go and find the hope. There's, there's God's doing redemptive things there. And I think the same can be true for us in our situations in what we're living in right now. Well, Joel, you love life almost as much as anybody that I know. And you're an inspiration to those of us on staff. And as you and I were talking off of camera, you know, it's one thing to say, I wish my gym will be open in 2021. It's another thing to actually go and use the gym, right? That's right. I wish I could spend more time with family. You have the opportunity. It's another thing to actually spend time and invest in those relationships. So hopefully that's where everybody's headed in 2021. And as I said earlier in the message, it's one thing to live your life by options, but it's another thing to live your life rooted and grounded in the commitments and the intentionality. And so we hope that's what 2021 will be for you. And so let's let 2021 be the year where we don't just live by options, but intentions. Be intentional this coming year about the things that you root yourself in and understand that it's never too late for a restart. It's never too late for second chances and new life. That's what Jesus and Christmas are all about. God bless you and continue to have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.